Welcome, everyone, to this live Q&A episode of The Comical Heathen. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Joffe, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian and the Comical Heathen. And I do this sometimes on my Twitch and YouTube channels because there is a Comical Heathen live show that I've barely been able to do because all my bookings got canceled by the pandemic in 2020. But the few times I was able to do it, the show has a, a Q&A portion, which the audience seemed to enjoy, a little improv, a little silliness, a little audience interaction. And so I just thought, since I can't do the live show that much right now, I would bring the Q&A to you in this fashion. Um, this is going to be comprised entirely of questions and comments curated from across the interwebs. And to help me with this monumental task, I'm going to bring onto the show, you can already see his beautiful face, my very good friend. He is a Cleveland-based actor who is the host of the Twitter channel On This Day Crew 96 and also runs a TikTok gaming channel, Jim Hagen. Hey, that's me, Jim Hagen. Yes. Sweet. I was literally doing that broadcaster thing where you go in the bathroom and pronounce all the weird words you have to say <laughs> in a broadcast. And that was at the top of my list was trying to do your name correctly. But because it's echoey, it never came out right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, you got it. You got it. We're lack good. Of confidence. Excellent. So Jim and I, uh, earlier this spring, spring of 2022, for those of you in the future listening to this, we're in a play together at the Strongsville Community Theater, Becky's New Car. And we had, I had a great time. I enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed getting to know Jim. And so I'm using today's broadcast as a way to force Jim to be my friend. I had a great time. It turns out that <laughs> Jerry and I have a lot in common. In fact, our, our lives are eerily similar yes. which is it, you know it is what it is what are you gonna do yeah it reached a point in our green room backstage conversations where i actually had to stop myself from saying that's another thing we have in common because it was getting <laughs> really stalkery like <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was a little rough yeah but it was fun it was fun i really enjoyed it. and i'm glad i'm here it's happy well yeah, what well, besides theater acting uh and sense of humor you know the comical <laughs> heathen is all about uh religious satire satire uh and we have some some similar uh, religious perspectives, so I knew we'd have something to talk about there. But one of the like sideways things is that I'm going to say it this way: we're both into board gaming, mm -hmm. board games. Mm -hmm. Although in recent years, I have focused 99% exclusively on the game of Go. I just came in second in the Ohio State Championship, by the way. Uh, Jim, however, uh, runs his uh, TikTok channel on board games, and he is a board game enthusiast. Yeah, so um, it's um, hobby games, or uh, I don't know, some people who aren't in the hobby call them strategy games, but it, we're not talking Monopoly, sorry, Game of Light, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. More uh, cooperative games, bigger uh, European games that came over. Um, it's it, a big boom in 2000, and in 2015, mm -hmm. 15 years late, my wife and I really <laughs> got into it, which is, which is a lot of fun, and uh, we own close to 150 games we've been to a whole bunch of different conventions and uh, i can't stop buying games i got a stack of games i need to get played so that i can tell it's people on my tiktok that they're good yeah well i will say that one percent i reserve for non-go playing i'll gladly uh join you in play testing any of these games if i ever have the opportunity i did because of you i recently bought a uh, a copy of go now i've yet to get it to the table but uh, <laughs> my wife says uh, we need to get that to the table so we can get it off of our regular gaming shelf but you know hey, that's her that's not me that's her well i'll teach you how to beat her then she'll really love playing it with you and then we'll never play it again <laughs> um i do want to say jim and i know you've curated the questions i've not seen any of the questions some have come from my facebook and social media feed so maybe i have or maybe i haven't you know, whatever. I do want to say before we get started, you know, this is Saturday morning and this week, June 25th, 2022, this week, the Supreme Court has been releasing like a new decision every day. All these decisions are, and to say the least controversial, all the decisions are showing how the court has been packed with 
ultra conservatives. And, you know, if you're part of like the 3% of the American Christian theocracy, you're probably excited about all of these decisions. (laughs) But honestly, 80 to 90% of Americans are horrified. You know, this uh, past 24 hours, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Uh, Oh, in Maine, a thing was overturned that was trying to separate public funds from uh, religious schools. We're about to hear about this coach Kennedy, high school coach who was fired for praying at the 50 yard line. There's actually a lot more to that story than just that phrase. So that's a way oversimplification. But a lot of these types of stories are coming up. Uh, We're not um, political scholars. We're not legal scholars. We're two doofuses in our uh, bunkers. I make it analogous to coffee house conversation. So we're just chit chatting about what's on our mind. Just for the 12 people who listen to this podcast, let me say that we do, besides Jim, I do have a very special guest coming up at the half hour, uh, my good friend, professional comedian, I've worked with him many times, uh, Bill Barranque. He is at uh, Comedy Caravan in Louisville this weekend, and he's kindly taken out some time to join us in this madcap fun we're about to have. But we'll bring him on closer to 1.30, so that's a little teaser. So, uh, Jim, yeah. in your research and prep, what, what did you want to talk about? What question so, do you want to open with? So I, I, I listened to a couple of your previous podcasts just so I can get a feel for what, uh, oh, what I needed cheers. to bring here. So I'm sure you saw your numbers skyrocket um, yep, in the too. last week here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everything that I'm interested in doesn't necessarily involve religion, um, mm-hmm, the crew, sure. soccer, or, or board games. But there is obviously, just like everything else in life, there's a, an element of it inside everything. Mm-hmm. But but the first thing I wanted to bring up was a, a, a post that mm-hmm. you put about this Bremerton High School football coach that led mm-hmm. uh, led students in prayers at the 50-yard line after, mm-hmm. after games. A lot of the responses to that I, I noticed were... Um, we're saying that the coach wasn't forcing the kids to uh, to pray. How, how do you feel about that? The, I've got opinions, but, but sure. <laughs> but was he forcing them to pray? Right. So, so one of the, my friends, I can't remember who, so I'm not going to like uh, blame the wrong person. They just sort of made the point about what the word force means. Like what, there's forcing and there's forcing. So the claim is he wasn't literally forcing them like a dictator to absolutely have to pray at the 50 yard line. Uh What he was doing was after games, he was supposedly quietly going to the 50 yard line, taking a knee and doing a private prayer. And he's been doing that for seven or eight years. And then players started joining him when they noticed him doing it. Uh And then as more players joined, it created a situation where other players were like, are we supposed to be doing this? And you know, when you're an athlete, you worry about playing time and how the coach is making their decisions. And it's been well documented, even in the NFL, let alone high schools and colleges, that non-religious players will participate in these kind of religious rituals just for the sake of the team. So I think there's no way a person can honestly say that their coach, their high school coach with teenagers, you know, men, boys, not yet men, are going to be not social pressured. And as soon as that social pressure is there, we have a problem. That's kind of what I was thinking, because they are high school kids. Peer pressure is a thing. I mean, and in high school, it's even it's it's so much bigger, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the coach, you know, requiring everyone to go there. There's captains that are on the team that are peers, also 16, Mm -hmm. 17 year old boys. And uh, if they see somebody that they already don't necessarily think belongs there, not joining in. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. and it pours over outside of the football into the classroom and uh, and when they meet after school, because kids are so. They can be mean to each other. They they can be fantastic as well. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But yeah, agreed. But I, I've been not I haven't been bullied, but I've been laughed at and, and whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I know it's it sucks. And and a thing too, this is uh just related to the whole situation. If you've ever talked to a let's say a very religious friend who was complaining about the separation of church and state, they'll sometimes make a little what they think is a point slash joke 
which is now I'm channeling a hypothetical person right now. Oh, you think those kids aren't praying before their uh, trigonometry exams? Yeah. But the thing is, there's nothing against a person praying in school. That's like a complete right. misnomer. Right. Every that, yeah. person, student who wants to pray before the trigonometry exam has a complete freedom to do so. That's not what the separation of church and state is about. It would be about the math teacher making everybody pray yeah. before yeah. the trigonometry exam. In fact, and, if the captains yeah. of that football team took the kid, the students out, if it was student-led, there wouldn't be an issue because it's not. there isn't a uh, an adult that is employed by the school yeah. leading leading the thing. Yeah. So if it was student led, there wouldn't be a problem. This is just a clear clear cut case of separation right. of church and state and then being, this, being violated. Uh, Sports Illustrated did a great survey of this case, which I'll include in the link to the like permanent audio version of this podcast. If anybody wants to like get into the details about what's going on. But one of the things about this case is that this Kennedy, Coach Kennedy, was doing this quiet prayer at the end of the games for six, seven years. And no one really said anything because it was like a private moment. It, but it started becoming about him. It started becoming about the press and about his rights. And he was getting warnings from, you know, the superintendents and the principals that you can't really be doing this. And so it really wasn't a private moment anymore. I mean, he didn't get fired until after it had become a spectacle, until after it had become about him. I would even argue that it was never private to begin with. He went out right after the game. So parents and everybody is still in the stands. He went right mm -hmm. out to the middle mm -hmm. of the field, the 50-yard line. That's not private. That is right out in front of everybody. So everybody sees that yep. you're doing it. That, that would be my argument. Sure. It was never private. Any other, uh, I mean, that's sort of like an overview of the situation and yeah. our opinions on it. Any other questions related to the Coach Kennedy, Michigan? In that, in that same stream, uh, Corey A., she asked, mm -hmm. um, are you against the pledge? And the uh, the D.C. Washington D.C. Uh, buildings that are covered with biblical things, uh, biblical things is mm -hmm. an amazing way to to put that. Um, well, if this was the the a lightning round, I would go yes. <laughs> Next question. I mean, yes, yeah, of course, if you believe in the separation of church and state, and there's two clauses in the First Amendment. There's that the Congress will pass no laws which impair people's freedom of religion. And establishing a state religion. I paraphrase it a little bit. I'm not a legal scholar. But the point is to protect people's freedom to do their religious stuff is why the state is not supposed to be getting involved. As soon as the state elevates something, as soon as they put the Ten Commandments in the courthouse, they're privileging one over the other, which Thomas Jefferson, for example, promised he would never do. He would let you guys go sort it out. That's your religion. It's not for me to solve all your church theological issues. Yeah. And but then, of course, it's on our money. It's a, and it's in the pledge, but it wasn't initially in the pledge, right? Am I right? I don't remember. No, when, that's com that's completely was, correct. I actually, I put that in that was well, a yeah Cold War thing because the commies were all atheists. So we're gonna say, well, we're not commies. That means we're not atheists. Um, but I, I'll go one further. The founding fathers, who they never said the Pledge of Allegiance. That's not a 1776 thing. You think Thomas right. Jefferson is taking that Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, right. Fuck no. So that's a total thing that came along later, which I don't, again, in the military or if it's important to someone, I, let's just say, okay, fine. But to in schools where like six-year-olds are being uh, brainwashed, <laughs> yeah, that does seem inappropriate to me, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I remember learning it and uh, I, I never thought twice about it because adults mm -hmm. were telling me it was the right thing to do. Right. And I think Good we old. did it all the way up through middle school. I don't remember right. doing it in high school, but I do remember, and this was the... 80s and uh, early 90s. 
Because of the 10 years that I lived in Japan and New Zealand, I'm just country name dropping right now. My kids all went to like elementary school, K through 12 for many years in other schools, countries, which I'm just saying did not have the Pledge of Allegiance. And when we did move back to America and uh, they were older, but still in school, like my oldest daughter refused to do it. She's like, I'm not doing this pledge. What do you like? All the kids around her, like us, had been doing it since they were six. It was just like normal. Even if they didn't believe it, they just were used to doing it. Yeah. But my daughter was like, I'm not doing a pledge of allegiance. My younger kids, maybe they're were younger, were just sort of like, eh, you know, go along to get along. <laughs> I just remember my oldest daughter like well, refusing yeah. to do it. <laughs> that would have been uh, my father's my father's stance. Just just do it, get it over with. Uh, I have no idea what his religious beliefs were, but he would be just let's just not and, let's not rock the boat. And here's another fun fact. Uh, you and some of the other 12 listeners, regular listeners of this podcast might already know this, but you do know why there are 10 commandments in front of courthouses all over the American Midwest. There's like a that. historical reason. Well, there is this movie producer called Cecil B. DeMille, and he made a movie, you might have heard of it, called The Ten Commandments. And when he made that movie, as a promotional stunt, he paid to have Ten Commandments statues put in front of courthouses at hundreds of locations all over America. So it wasn't even a Christian theocratic thing. It was like a movie stunt. That's true. And now, 100%, but go ahead and Google's, Google it on your computer. And, uh, what I'm I'll doing put here, a, typing. I'll put a link <laughs> in the audio version of this podcast. Um, no, I, I believe you. I'm going to look that up. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yes. So literally anyone right now who's a crazy Christian arguing for those Ten Commandments or arguing for a movie stunt to be perpetuated, that's like taking advantage of the religious values. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exploit, exploitation. Uh, give us another question, Jim. Please do. Topics. We're still going to stay, obviously, with the religion, but we mentioned I'm, I'm a big board gamer. And uh, there are a, a good board game is a good board game, regardless of what the mm -hmm. theme is, whether it's religious or it's not religious. But I've noticed I was looking at my my collection and I have a game called Orleans, which is a, okay. a city in France. So it's probably pronounced differently than that. But there's religious elements within the game that I never even noticed before. There's there's monks <laughs> that, that help you become mm -hmm. become um, so that you the monks help you. They, they, they give you more resources so that you can move further in the game. You can't, you can't play. The, there's also farmers and merchants and knights and all that other mm -hmm. sort of thing. But, uh, but I, I just kept thinking other things that are, that are not necessarily religious, but have religious elements in them. Mm -hmm. Like can, can a religious only board game be good? Sure. It can, can, sure. Uh, can, a, can, a, can a rock band that mm -hmm. only plays religious music and they'd be good. No, I've not yet heard. Found one. one. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just wondering if, uh, if, if like, like the hidden, it, it's it's yeah. what we went, went back to. We're so used to it, we just go along right. with it and, and keep our mouth shut. So every game, from Go and Chess to strategy board games, hobby board games, to Monopoly and Life, so every game will have two elements. Agree or disagree after I say this, Jim. There has to be an economic system of some kind. Something has value that must be exchanged in some manner. And secondly, there has to be a value system in play. Something in, in acting terms, we'd say, some, what's at stake for our characters? So, you know, Monopoly is, in fact, one of the most evil, vile games ever invented because, it, you know, the moral system inside the game is to financially dominate your family. Like, I, I don't know how many times my brothers and sisters went bankrupt because I was better at math than them. So there's going to be some kind of value system. And, and just a, the big example, which is super obvious to all gamers, is Dungeons and Dragons, which is not a board game. It's a role playing game, but it has its alignment system. Mm -hmm. So it has its, you know, uh, pantheons of gods and demons, but almost more interesting is 
the uh, axis of good versus evil and law versus chaos and neutrality. And so there's a value system just overtly baked into that game that sort of makes my point. Sure, sure. There's uh, tons of uh, Lovecraft, um, H.P. Lovecraft. There are mm -hmm. a ton of board games based on on his work. And despite the uh, the history that he has, like uh, <laughs> games like Man Mansions of Magic and um, Eldritch Horror bring up Cthulhu mm -hmm. and how the, the cultists... And, and uh, because it's not an actual religion... I don't think mm -hmm. of it as as a as a religious game, but when right. I when I did my search for this, all all, all of the uh, all of the Lovecraftian mm -hmm. games popped up, and it, and it, right. and it just occurred to me that of course I own religious games right. that have religion in them, but they're not actually religious. There, there's just tons games. of games about Egypt and the and the gods of Greek, mm -hmm. the, the Greek gods, that sort of thing. Oh it's sure, just amazing how I didn't even notice these things were on my shelf. <laughs> mindfulness, we teach mindfulness at the Comical Heathen Gym. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um. Do you have any other like specific gaming related questions or points? And I only say that's, that because I'm going to, no. well, keep them in mind if you do. But yeah. I want to say uh, because of all the court, Supreme Court decisions that have come and are coming, I was actually on the phone with a friend of mine, David Olnhausen, and I probably just mispronounced his name. He'll correct me in a minute. And I said, David, why don't you come on today? I'm doing this nonsense. And give me and Jim a question. So I am going to bring into the stream right now my good friend, uh, David, and he is going to have something to say. Hello. David, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming along today. I, Jim, I told David I'd give him 60 seconds to say whatever he wanted <laughs> and ask us a question. You ready, David? Sure. Okay, over to you. In light of the SCOTUS decision and obvious uh, upcoming decisions that are to come, Clarence Thomas having stated many of them on the uh, his like hatchet list, uh, mm -hmm. anyone who has friends, family uh, of Republicans or, you know, where you suspect they may be the hardcore type that are in favor of this and not the like kind that are shocked by it. Uh, how do you handle that type of situation? Uh, do you really like broach the topic and risk the friendship or the relationship in general? Or do you kind of like scale back and just kind of go, you know, the relationship has other things to offer. What are your thoughts? That's tough. Jim, you want to go first or you want to think for a second and I'll go That's first? Tough. No, I'm good. I, my, my, my personality just tells me to avoid and, uh, and, and ignore. Like I, I have very good friends that I disagree with politically and it's been that way for a long time. In fact, in Facebook, I've, I, in, within the last three years, I have like 15 less friends because they see what I'm posting and uh, <laughs> they just decide that I'm not mm -hmm. worthy of their time. Now, I, I don't see these people face to face. Like, I, I went to high school with them. Um, and I haven't seen them since we just caught up on Facebook. So it, I, I'm not exactly sure what to do. I know it. I get anxious when people start talking about yeah. things that I completely disagree with. Mm -hmm. And I know I have good points, but I always feel like if I start arguing, I'm going to get out argued. Have you ever, Jim, had a situation, like you said, those 15 people like unfriended you? Mm -hmm. Who cares? It's Facebook. Facebook yeah, friends come exactly. and go. But anyone that you've decided you just can't socialize with anymore because it's just too much? I'd, I'd like to say I have, but I don't, I don't, not that I like to say I have, but I, I don't, I don't think that I have, especially not on Facebook. Cause as you said, Facebook is Facebook. They're just names on a, on a screen. I don't actually talk to the people like face to face. I don't know. I would definitely bring up my uh, opposition to what they're saying. My, right. my sister and I are completely different politically. And I was over her house a week or so ago and I didn't say anything. Cause at the time mm. there, I mean, there, there's no stakes in my sister and I 
arguing. I mean, if we get mad at each other, it doesn't actually do anything. So, <laughs> but we were in her house, so I mm. played by her rules. And maybe I shouldn't have. I don't know. But well, she's an adult in her, full, in yeah. her own right. She can make decisions. My general feeling, and um, which is on the sort of the idea of like completely isolating or, the, you know, as the trendy kids say, ghosting someone, is that like by and large, it's uh, not productive in the long run. Because channels of communication is the only chance you have of changing someone's mind. And, you know, you're not going to talk a crazy religious person out of their evolution denialism or their complete hatred of choice. But on the one hand, don't think about the most extreme person. Like there's people who are less extreme than that. And maybe just by sharing ideas or maintaining your friendships. There have been a lot of cases where like uh, that have been documented where uh, Jewish people and African-American people have gone into uh, white supremacist organizations and basically, I'm going to use my, this is my own way of putting it, saved people by getting to know them. And they realized, oh, Jewish people aren't actually the devil with forked tails and things like that. Oh, they're so it's all, only by like uh, the phrase during apartheid was constructive engagement. <laughs> is there any chance of reeling anyone back away from the edge of madness? I will say I do have one friend that I am almost ghosting and it is. And if he or she were listening right now, they would know I'm talking about them, but I will not say their name. They are just so far down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. I cannot talk to them. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Some, sometimes they, this person has blown up my phone with 20 or 30 texts in like five minutes and I'll ignore and ignore. And then I'll randomly pick one and just say, okay, what the fuck is this guy going on or girl going on about right now? And whatever I click on, I can fact check in two minutes and send him a link that says it's not true. Yeah, like he has but, never yeah. once or she sent me a factually accurate text or link or video. And so I just am tired. Like it's just wore me down. So yeah. Uh, unless it's like a direct thing, like maybe once a year we get brunch or something. I just do not need that level of you know pointlessness. Uh, but I guarantee you that person's thinking the same thing about you. I can't break through. I try to give them mm -hmm. points and they just won't listen because all yeah. of us, we all have got, yeah. it, it's going to be hard to change any of our opinions regardless yes. of who we are. Yep. It's not wrong. But yeah. conversely, there's a, a thing, um, have you ever heard, and correct me because I'm not a science teacher, so is something I've heard, that it takes about seven years for all the cells in your body to recycle? <laughs> Dharma and Greg taught me that. Okay. Yeah. So, well, so let's pretend Dharma and Greg were scientifically <laughs> accurate when they said that. Uh, that means every seven years and one day, you're a new person. Mm -hmm. So I do think that part of it, when I say like the constructive engagement, is not that I'm going to change someone's mind tomorrow, but maybe seven years and one day from now, I'll change their mind by slowly replacing their cells one at a time <laughs> but you got you got to get in close enough to uh have that person trust you and then you trust that person yeah. as well but yeah right. it can happen yeah, yeah. we all just need to open up and talk but that's the hard part is getting people to sit down and be nice well dave you do raise a great question for this age highly siloed age that we live in um I, i'll say my last thing i wish i could remember the name of the book i'll look it up and put it into the description of the podcast but a, a very persuasive book i read about 10 years ago was on 10 things americans agree on and they were political things, too. They weren't just like that cake is good or baseball is a national pastime. It was like political things. And the person was trying to make the point that you could build a consensus if you could just focus on the things that we agree on rather than the things that we disagree on. Mm. And so I, I do feel like there's at least something there. So if, if it is just cake, like start by talking about how everybody loves cake <laughs> <laughs> and then find the next thing that you both agree on, maybe. <laughs> but then those pie people come out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. The Sky pie. Mm. Damn you, sky pyers. Pie All right. Cake. 
Dave, uh, thank you very much for calling in. I'm going to boot you now, but I I appreciate your contribution and trying to help us out. And uh, uh, thanks for playing along. Thanks. Thanks, man. All right. We're about um, five minutes away from bringing on our special guest, Bill Bronques. Before we do that, Jim, one more question. Any topic? Uh, Board games. Is it ever appropriate to cheat at a game? Uh, I think the obvious answer there is no. But is there a reason, a moral, ethical reason to go ahead and and cheat. So also, I'm going to say no. But yeah. then we start thinking about the outliers. Like, are there exceptions? My son was teaching a child. My son's in his 20s. My son's very good at go. He's actually the reigning Ohio State champion. He beat me, damn it. But this was a little boy who knew how to play, but was still a beginner. And my son manipulated the game because of his experience so that it ended in a tie. That's where and, I say it would be okay too. If you were and, cheating to help your my son right. or whatever, yeah, like your son to to yeah. to win and feel a little stronger about themselves. Mm-hmm. But even is that appropriate? It's funny. <laughs> I'll tell you, my mother, my grandmother, my late grandmother, lovely woman and ballet dancer, she um would play games with me as a child, and she would always let me win. And my father, when he found out about it, would be like, "No, you got to play to win because you got to teach Jerry to play to win." And so my grandmother and my father like disagreed on this point. I'll, I'll throw in just one other quick example, Jim. This comes from the world of Dungeons and Dragons, where there's a lot of dice rolling. Yeah, definitely people cheat in their dice rolling. I've oh, seen yeah. it happen. I know it happens. I'm going to say I've never done it, but who knows? Maybe I did once in a while. But the question there would be, since Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games are like a storytelling type of game, if the cheat on the dice roll makes the story better. Is that like weirdly justified or is that also just pointless or wrong? Or is it part of the character's personality to lie about what actually happened? <laughs> Which could so be something. Yeah, it could. It could be something. But in the this is like, you know, it always happens in combat. Like, you know, oh, you need at least an 18 to hit the orc. Oh, and then yeah. they roll the die and then they pick it up and go, oh, I got an 18. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. Okay. Well, this bleeds into sports as well. And, and I guess gambling, it yeah. depends on what the stakes are. Like if you're, if there's money on the line, there's cheating still isn't right, but there's more of an incentive to cheat Incentivize to, cheat. to yeah, get more. Right. right. And in a uh, huge soccer fan, I run the crew, a crew uh, uh, Twitter stream uh, mm-hmm. diving or flopping in, in, in basketball, getting, getting uh, your team mm-hmm. an advantage of a better, a better spot. I, it's, it but, is cheating, but is it, is it okay to do it in that situation? Because it's just a game. Right. So I'll give you a quick answer. And then this will be right up the uh, professional alley of our guest, Bill. But I'll just say, as you know, Jim and, and Bill coming on, my father is still with us. He's in the 70s. He's a former professional wrestler. And now, like, the question, the pyramid has been turned upside down, right? Because now it's not about cheating. It's about actually what's the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's going to happen regardless of any hypothetical rules. In fact, it's interesting. A friend of mine, an academic, wrote a paper once on if wrestling is fake, why bother having referees? And uh, his conclusion was because they symbolically represent the rules. So if you don't have a representation of the rules, then the heel can't break them. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's all all in storytelling. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly right. All right. Well, I'm going to let's bring our guest... Uh, Mr. Bill Barranque, currently appearing at the Comedy Caravan in Louisville, kindly took a few minutes out of his day to join us for this nonsense. I've done many shows with him over the years. He's a very good friend of mine. Welcome to the stream, Bill Barranque. First of all, I just want to say I think it's incredibly rude that you always fact-check my texts. 
to you. <laughs> I'm a little insulted. Well, and the other like, thing is, I agree with Jim. Listen, it's not cake is so overrated. Uh, <laughs> better. No, you're not a pie sky, are, are you? Food, they're better all around. You better not try to I'm teach pies in my public schools. <laughs> pies rock, but they're messier. And a cookie you can take anywhere. A cookie can be a sit at home. It can be in the car. It's just so much better. And if it's oatmeal raisin, then you can pretend it's healthy. Oh, well, o o oatmeal raisin is what I assume and hope hell is like, because I'm certainly going to hell. And there better be some oatmeal raisin there. I guess so I'm in a minority. I don't, I don't mind oatmeal raisin. It's not oh, great, but it's not, but no, it's not I love terrible. it. No, yeah, no, I, this is about how much I love it. Is that oh, it's gotcha. like a, it's as good as sin. Um, okay, so th this question goes to you, Jim. Um, uh, we were talking about cheating. What about lying about cookies? Because I totally feel like Gary is lying. Now is that lying character? About... <laughs> he's trying to get on our side to uh, to come over to yeah. the, to the pie side, and he realizes yeah. that he, he can't. Yeah, two two against to... one is no good. Yeah, it's a microbial bridge, so we're stay connected by <laughs> on the germ level. Bill, uh, how about you? Are uh, those who know you, and I've introduced you many times hosting comedy shows. Former sportscaster who uh, once had a, a famous job interview at ESPN. What? It's uh, always good that your high point is a failure. Bring <laughs> <laughs> that out, man. He came in second. <laughs> And it's done uh, nothing since. Well, you're making the people in Louisville laugh this weekend. That counts for something. I'm doing the, it like um, 10 minutes a night, baby. <laughs> but what about, you know, basketball players flopping, uh, soccer players similarly? Well, what, what do you think about in, that? Um, in years past, it wouldn't be cheating because they didn't specifically have a rule against it, at least in the NBA. Now they have a rule against it, though they are very selective in enforcing it. But I just think it's total BS. I hate it. And I'm like, if you have a rule, it's kind of like, and, and again, I don't watch enough. I've, I've watched MLS. I don't watch enough of it to really get a feel. But like in the NBA, they have the superstar treatment. And do you call, like they'll even in the telecast, do you call this foul at this time of the game? And it's like, yeah, it's a foul. It doesn't matter what mm. time of the game it is, it's a foul. Mm. And flopping is now illegal. So, yeah, you call it. It's BS. It's, you know, why are you going to get an advantage from acting unless it's wrestling? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's the same thing in soccer. Um, less MLS because there aren't as many superstars in MLS. But okay. uh, but but world soccer, like uh, Ronaldo will get every call. It doesn't matter. Messi will get every call. They're just too good. And and to tell them that they're wrong, it's just like telling LeBron or, or Kevin Durant that they're, that, that, that they're wrong. It, not, I don't think the, the refs are, are, are afraid of these players. I just think that they're, well, I don't know what I think. They, they, they're just not going to do it. And it's just, it's stupid. And I watch, I love the NBA with all its faults. I think I'm just mm -hmm. amazed at the quality of these athletes. And I'm sure you are with, with like mm -hmm. world football. Why do you have to help them? It's like, mm. they don't need to travel. These guys are physical, amazing, at freak athletes. It's not the same. You have I mean, to help them. They're incredible. Here's a, a, a maybe a parallel conversation just with um, professional Please hockey. Please tell me. Please yeah. tell me you're going to compare to LeBron to like a guy rolling an 18 in Dungeons and Dragons because I just want to see the way how you can make this work. Okay. So this guy rolling a 20-sided die in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, I was going to show my... Uh, uh, ignorance on sports by trying to participate in a sports conversation. All right, less about, entertaining, but come on. Okay. I was thinking of hockey, how international hockey has a lot less fights. And in recent years, they've tried to legislate fighting out of NHL hockey. 
And so, like, does hockey need fighting or in the same way? Like, it's, I mean, there are fouls and penalties involved with fighting, but instead of flopping, it's like attacking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll get a lot of fans saying that, you know, there's no reason to go to hockey if I can't see a fight or there's no reason to go mm-hmm. to a NASCAR NASCAR race if there's no crashes. But mm-hmm. those are dangerous things. Why are people so interested mm-hmm. in seeing people get hurt? Right. Well, and I think in hockey, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's as much as it was when we were younger as far as mm-hmm. the, the first four. Right. You still have those guys. And it's kind of like I keep seeing these things with the NBA, especially and you see it with the NFL. too. It's like today's players are soft. Oh, look at these like the bad boy Detroit Pistons mm-hmm. and oh. Riley Knicks of the the early 90s and today's players Mm. couldn't play. And I think what everyone's overlooking is those were horrible teams to watch. It's like, I don't want to sit here and watch a bunch of thugs and fouls. It's like, I don't understand the the romanticizing Mm. of this. Like you got these Mm -hmm. guys that are thugs versus now, like it's it's horrible to compare players of different eras because Mm. players learn from the previous players. Like Michael Jordan is a direct descendant of Dr. J. And then Kobe Mm -hmm. was basically a mirror of Michael. And the difference is there are so many more athletes now athletically that are closer to Michael Jordan than when he played. And that's just evolution because kids Mm -hmm. grow up watching the emulated. And so Mm -hmm. it's like to sit here and say today's players couldn't play. I mean, they would be going circles around those Riley Knicks. They were a bunch of thugs. They'd be jumping over them. And you know what? It'd be fun to watch. Because I'd much rather watch that than some guy taken out with a clothesline. What what's the fun? So it's of like that? in the in the 20s when people uh, played basketball, they were still smoking on the court. But you're saying if we took those guys and brought them today, they would learn how to play basketball without smoking on the court. Although, if you could get like <laughs> Kevin Durant to light up cigar at like at the three point line, be kind of cool. yes. Yes, that was, it, that's it, true. It would be all over Instagram, that's for sure. <laughs> Yo, yes, he's the king of Instagram. It's funny when you look at the video. You mentioned the 20s and the stuff. When I worked in Kansas City, you know, Len Dawson was just a legend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they won Super Bowl four. Yeah, yeah and four. so, uh, but there's the shot of him at halftime smoking a cigarette. Yeah. In his, they, uh, yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have halftime shows back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With, that's even before Up With People, which was probably before your time, but it was most one of the most horrible halftime shows. It was this whole... Do you, either one of you guys remember this? No. Uh, yes. The, like okay. the first 10 halftimes like, were either Up With People or college bands. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so funny? So they had the Up With People. It's this all positive, happy thing with the marching mm-hmm. band. It's horrible to watch. But the mm-hmm. greatest thing, The Simpsons did a Thanksgiving episode. And it was funny because they cut to... They had like... There's Homer was watching the game is when the Cowboys who really sucked and I'm a huge Cowboy mm-hmm. fan and you know they always play Thanksgiving and so he's like that's daddy's favorite team and as he's explaining it to I think Maggie and they they cut to a shot and the Cowboys quarterbacks like laying this leg twitching and stuff and just flattened and then they cut to instead of up with people they did hooray for everything. And I'm like, wow, the they, there's just nothing they won't mock. Right. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Jim, do you have other sports related questions you've curated for us? Let's see what I got. Curated? Well, I like that mo- word. Yeah, curated. Most of my, because I'm I'm such a, I know, when I was a child, it was it was every sport. But as I'm getting older, I, I mostly just watch soccer, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. my team mm-hmm. in Columbus or uh, or international. I, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the World Cup, is going to be the for the first time in the winter winter months and it's going to be held in qatar 
mm-hmm. which is uh, next to Saudi Arabia. And there's huge controversy over there mm-hmm. because Qatar is not the um, not big on uh, human rights and uh, civil liberties and freedom <laughs> of expression and all that stuff. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff coming out that they they they, they bought the bid that uh, mm-hmm. they, they shouldn't have it in any way right. and you know, fifa is just taking money to make mm. to, to make money it's, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know it, it seems like it seems like more of a governmental issue but there's a lot of religion in this because mm. of uh because of who qatar mm. is mm-hmm. I, I don't have so it's basically yeah. a preview Phil, any thought of what any thoughts about that it's a preview of what the world cup would be like if it was maybe 20 years down the road in america mm. and it's oh, gonna be bam it, political bam. Yes. Yeah, bam. Oh. <laughs> yeah 2026 it's gonna be in the u.s Phil, you win well, we have time to yeah, catch up. Yeah. We're not far behind. Yeah. So friend of mine, actually, uh, Bill knows, uh, Jim, if I've never told you, in school, I did wrestle for a couple of years. I'm kind of lanky. And uh, I went 0-5 one year. I'm sure you find that hard to believe. But my coach was an Olympic athlete, uh, Greg Wojciechowski, who later became a professional wrestler under the name of the Great Wojo. And I'm bringing him up, not to name drop or to seem like I can talk about sports, but actually... The great Wojo is a heavyweight amateur wrestler. The one time he uh, many national championships, but he only made the Olympic team one year as a, as the main guy, not as a backup. And the year that he did was when we boycotted Russia under Carter. So he didn't get to go, which was upsetting. And then Carter had all the athletes to the White House and gave them honorary gold medals. So he has an honorary gold medal. But I just admit bringing that up in context of this, Jim, just to raise this ish- this issue. There's some kind of like idealism around the Olympics that despite politics or war, we could come together as a world and do something. And that includes networking, like having the American players and the Russian players on the field together or in the Olympic village together. Can we teach each other something? Can we build bridges? And so that's what uh, Greg had said to me, that he thought that that's what he was supposed to do, was like to be an ambassador and go to Russia and like try to teach American values. So is there an opportunity in Qatar for that or is it just going to be so oppressive of an environment politically and religiously that there's not going to be any i say cultural or political exchange no i think on the surface no one's even going to notice it's just going to be match after match after match but it's it's the stuff that we don't see that's bothering a lot of people but like mm-hmm. just just to the to the american audience that doesn't know a lot about soccer it's just watching it because it's the world cup and it happens once every mm-hmm. four years it, it's not even going to be an issue and they're doing it in the winter yeah, so it's only thing. oh go ahead bill when you talk uh, like Olympics and Olympic Village is, I think the importance of it is what it does for the economy for condom makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that is notorious for yeah. the mm-hmm. Olympic Village. And why not? You have all these world-class athletes. Mm-hmm. They think those I think that's beautiful babies. <laughs> no kidding. Which uh, I, race, It's Hitler's dream come true. Uh, they're having it in the winter, right? Because it'll only be 119 degrees, unlike Correct. in the summer, when it'll be 219 it's, degrees. That's exactly why it's in the winter. Yeah, it's the first time ever it's been in the winter. And isn't there well, or is this also, you know, they were showing models a couple of years ago of the stadium they were building that looks like a vagina. Is that still happening? Those are those still exist, but it's the it's how those buildings, those uh, those stadiums were built. That is uh, a right. big issue. The uh, mi- mi- migrant workers, which are pretty much amounts of forced labor so i mean it it's not it's not pretty right but but we're going and i'm rooting for the usa oh i'm not going you know, to one of the things and kind of like i i agree with what you were saying jim about like on the surface to the athletes it probably won't you know it's yeah. it's soccer it's what you grew up wanting to do it's like your friend that was denied his dream jerry you know mm-hmm. because they boycotted and it's like that's what you were 
born to do is to play this mm -hmm. sport. But it's also, if you look at it outside of the idealism of the Olympics, this is a mm -hmm. huge economic boom to whoever hosts it. Oh. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to reward, you're going to reward this country mm -hmm. with all the horrible things they do. Now it's easy to say that about things in the U S too. I get that, but it's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. You, so, but yeah, if I'm an athlete, it's like, dude, mm -hmm. this is what I do. This has nothing to do with politics, even though, yeah. I mean, well, Bill, I, I would like to get your opinion. Um, of, of what Jim and I were talking about at the top of the stream, which was high school coaches having prayer sessions. Do you have a mm -hmm. opinion, uh, interpretation, something you'd like to say about that topic? It's interesting. The one specific case that was the one in Washington, right? That mm -hmm. coach, yeah, coach Kennedy that spurred all this. It's easy to say a blanket yes or no without looking into it. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, it's different between a public and private school. If it's a public school, I mean, if it's a private school, if it's a Catholic school, I get it mm -hmm. because those kids are supposedly, even though Catholic schools are recruiting all the time, players, whatever, you're a Catholic school. I get it. But all right. If it's a public school and because he what, what was his argument? He's like, I'm not doing it to draw attention. I'm just going out there by myself on the 50 yard yeah. line. It, yeah, it was, other students yeah. happen to be coming with me. Yeah. 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 But then he, students felt like if they didn't, they mm -hmm. would get penalized. It's like, yeah, because mm -hmm. you're the coach. I mean, I totally get that. And I'm like, right. it's like if a teacher would do it in the like right after class or right before class, it's like, you can't do mm -hmm. it some other time. You can't do it privately somewhere else. You're going to go out to the 50 yard line and tell me that's a private thing. No, that's mm -hmm. not. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm sorry, that's a public, that's like the, the latest Supreme Court thing where they're saying you can use public schools to fund, to fund private. And I'm like, oh, no, this is public money. If you're not going to be right. taxed, why are you going to accept tax money? Yep. That's in Maine, and it's specifically not just private, but religious. Like, you can yeah. use public money to right. divert right. it to religious schools, even. Because yeah. Maine was and, giving money to private schools as long as they weren't religious. Because there's yeah, so much land, and uh, that, some people don't uh, live near, near, near public schools. Yeah. yeah. So I'm and, like, uh, and, uh, and the other thing is, with that specific case, is the school district told him no. And he went ahead and did it two more times anyway before the Correct. school district said, okay, we're not right. going to rehire it. Mm -hmm. And right. it's like, well, yeah, you directly went against the wishes of your employer. Yes, he had numerous oh. warnings for sure. And also, um, I had mentioned, Bill, that Sports Illustrated did a lengthy article on it, so people should check it out if they are interested. But the day that was like the last time he did it, that was like the over-the-top, now you're going to get fired, he mm -hmm. was posting on Facebook that this was about to happen the news was there because it had been called, you know, building and building. So it was whatever the opposite of a private moment was. It was like a spectacle exactly. that he was orchestrating. Yeah. Yes. He was daring <laughs> them to fire him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Yep. And then he took it to court and he lost. Then he appealed yes. and he lost. And then he appealed again and he lost. They eventually right. got it to the Supreme Court. They said, get the hell out of here. We don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So he Which appealed again. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but they gave him, but what they did is, is they said, you know, but if it was about this, maybe we would look at it. So they yes. gave him. So another they, round, but yes. then he, he appealed, he lost. Now that the court is packed, they're at the Supreme Court again, and we should hear a decision sometime next week. Right. Gee, I wonder which way it'll go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's clear cut. I just, yeah. Hey, Jim, we had about uh, five, well, maybe eight minutes left. We, sh uh, we should always end with a lightning round. Give us two or three quick questions, and Bill and I will give our best quick answers. Let me find these. These don't have anything to do with anything. Even better. Uh, Neither do our answers. 
Yes. You are a superhero. Do you prefer invisibility or super strength? Super strength. What? Yeah, I always and wanted you... to be super strong. How, wait a minute. Define super. How strong am I? Yeah, more than that. However <laughs> strong you, you are, more than that. <laughs> oh, I'm taking the strength. Because if uh, I was invisible, and well, I guess if you were invisible, you couldn't see how weak I am. So that would be an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to show off my strength, man. Yes. Yeah. I'm Same also thing. holding strength. Yeah. Wow. Holding strength. I'm, I'm an invisibility guy. I've always wanted to just go get an apple whenever I wanted it at the grocery market. Right. Hey, really? Well, that's the first thing you're going to do when you're granted. <laughs> like, you know, and I and get a good one. I'm tired, tired of these red delicious. Get me a damn honey crisp. Well, I would say, well, you mentioned your wife. The one usefulness of invisibility would be able to go into the other room. <laughs> Without the dog following me. Yeah. Friend of mine, uh, Jim, you didn't know this, so I'm just bringing it up, does a bit about this where he asks the audience, but he does invisibility, super strength, or flying. Oh. Ooh, ooh. So if we threw that in, would that change anyone's answer? I don't know. would be cool, but how often are you going to use it? Strength I can use every day. Invisibility yeah. you could use every day. If you can find a way to get me to from home to work in less than 40 minutes, I'll take that superpower. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but the wait super a minute. Commute. You're going to use your superpower to get to something that is basically you don't want to do come on and don't give me this i love my job garbage because you're or you love your wife either this. come on <laughs> if i could find another way to make money I love my dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right jim another question uh what is the last thing you searched for on google i'm looking up at my work computer to see oh. if i can see what the last thing was i worked Cl I close that one anywhere. tab before you actually answer. you know what i think i googled was the uh the football coach with the prayer <laughs> i think that might have been it which is a that shitty was, answer that was in my top three also. I forwarded it to myself. And you know why? Because you guys know me. So I could remember his name. Because I was surely going to forget his name. That's why I kept saying Coach Kennedy. Because I was showing off that I knew his name. <laughs> I did actually, Google, since I'm a Louisville, somebody mentioned a place the other night. And I couldn't remember because I was asking about things to do in Louisville. Because I've been to like, the, they have the Ali Museum, which is actually really cool. Mm -hmm. Louisville thing. And this lady said the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I'm like, what? And so I had to Google and it's a sanatorium that's haunted. Mm -hmm. And I just found it funny because like there's so many towns you go to that that's what they brag about are their haunted the, places. Their ghost tours, their haunted places. Yeah. Actually, I was in Austin talking about veering off subject. They had no, a it. haunted walking tour, a uh, ghost pub crawl and the midnight walk where you take the mm. steps of the midnight assassin was america's first serial killer and i'm just like come to austin you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna be qualified but you're gonna get your steps in i'll throw so, i'm gonna uh, add two quick things to your story bill one being from louisville everyone i was born in louisville i'm a kentuckian go see if you haven't already colonel sanders grave is in louisville don't so, are you gonna make like any kind of like gro gravy jokes on it or <laughs> no you, you do cost? that Post it to your I TikTok. Not done that. You can correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but isn't Colonel Sanders the reason why KFC is so big around Christmas time in Japan? What? So here's what happened with what? KFC. <laughs> Do you remember, Bill, when we were uh, lads and still in our knee shorts and high socks, where yes, um, <laughs> they used to have those like uh, plastic statues, like life size statues of Colonel Sanders in front of every KFC? Okay. Do you remember yeah. that? Yes. I so, think so. When the 70s or 80s, when they ditched that whole like look, hundreds of those were gathered up and thrown away. And the KFC distributor marketer in Japan said, 
I think those would go well in Japan. And so he like literally pulled them out of the garbage, shipped them to Japan and put them in front of every KFC in Tokyo and then around the country. And Japanese people went nuts. So they just loved that Tokyo, character. They're all about plantation owners. Is that what yeah. <laughs> well, because because he's like an elderly wise man who feeds you delicious American chicken. And then every Christmas they dress him up, not like Santa, but they put like a red cap on his head. And he seems like a, like a Christmas theme, becomes a Christmas themed image. So, so Colonel Sanders comes down your chimney and fills your stockings with like coleslaw. <laughs> coleslaw, sure. Mashed potato and gravy. I did want to mention too, speaking of ghost tours, that um, the only place that I currently have the Comical Heathen live show booked is at the Collingwood Art Center in Toledo, Ohio in September. I assume it'll be canceled by then. Every other one has been canceled. But <laughs> as long as it, as long as it kind of exists, they were featured in a ghost hunting show. They have a famous wow. ghost tour. One of the cable channels that do ghost shows actually did a whole episode about the Collingwood Art Center in Toledo. If you like ghost shows, check it out. Jim, Here's come what on. Kills what are, me about ghost oh, shows. Okay. Bill, what kills you about ghost shows? And and also like ancient aliens and UFO shows. And mm -hmm. I buy that stuff. I totally <laughs> am like, there's no way that we're the only people in all these universe, whatever. There's no way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, whatever. But those shows are always done so cheesily and it's always yes. like coming up, however. And it's yeah. like, and then they keep repeating the stuff to the mm -hmm. setup and there's always a no payoff. Yeah. It's like the original show. Star Trek had better production values yes. than any of these. <laughs> now, Jim, Maybe you were pulling a face. Dribbles. You know, if you can I, make it as believable as Tribbles, come on. Is that before both your times? The Star trouble Trek with Tribbles. We're on it. We're okay. on it. That was so, Jim, mm -hmm. what's your feeling about these shows? <laughs> oh, they're, they're all bunk. It's just entertainment. There's, there's right. no, it's not even edutainment. It's just entertainment. It's just to make people think that they're smarter than they actually are. So, uh, great job, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Jim. One or two more questions. We got time for one or two more questions. Uh, well, what's a nickname your parents used to call you when you were little? Oh my God, I don't think I can sew. <laughs> my father called me Chief. I, I, I hate it. I don't like Bill? being called Chief. I don't like nicknames. Oh, I was Billy. Oh, I hated it. Hated That yeah, was Jimmy for and a long I'm time. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's like eight Jims in my family. So I've been Jimmy until everybody died. So now I'm Jim. Hey, Jim. Congratulations. Hey. My father is also. From Chief to oh. Jim. That's probably what happened. As people died, I, <laughs> I, I, I outlived. There can only be one. So you were playing the long game. <laughs> I was younger. I mean, yeah. My father's also called Jerry. And when I was a kid, I was often called Little Jer. So there was that. But in my high school, I started working at my um, grandfather's company. And I developed a reputation for being a little slow at work, getting shit done. And so they started calling me Step and Fetch It. What was it? Step and fetch it. Have you ever heard that's a name? Have you ever heard that name before? Uh-uh. Uh -uh. You go to all so first of all, no one meant it this way, but I think in 2022 it's gonna sound racist because the character is an old black actor that appeared in various comedies and early talkies and was always like a servant or a slave or a sidekick. And his stick was no matter what movie he was in, his master or his friend or whatever would say, Hey, would you go over to the you know, the yard and pick up the hose. And then he'd go into this like slow, I can't do it. It's racist. I cannot depict the character. You'll just have to look it up. But his All whole right. shtick was that he was slow and he would not like do the work. 
he'd talk about doing the work. And for some reason, the older people at my grandfather's company, when I'd come into work in summers, thought it was funny that I was slow about everything and started calling me Step and Fetch It. Uh, Step and Fetch It, the actor, was a kind of a pioneer, if you look at like a glass 10% full, because he was an early black actor who could get into Hollywood movies. Yeah. So later black actors did see him as like a role model and like opening the door for them. But if you look back at what he did, you know, 80 years later, it's potentially quite offensive. Yeah. Well, that's uh, why we see you, Jerry, is potentially quite offensive. Indeed. Jim, we're going to do one more question. What's your, what's the one you really wanted to make sure you got in? Oh, no, that's not what this is. This is just the last question I have. Uh, oh. <laughs> what, what advice would you give your younger self? Bill, you got an answer? Uh, yeah, I think what I, I would tell my I would tell my younger self, and someone actually told me this once and I kind of blew it off, is go for exactly what you want. Don't go for what will, like the specific guys, I remember a specific example when I was going into TV, I was going, sports was what I wanted to do, but I was like, I have an easy way in and weather and then I'll transition in. And it's just like, no, just go for what you want. Just screw all the, oh, it's so hard. There's so much competition. Just be like, so what I want to do, this is what I'm going to do. And then you'll end up getting fired and your high point will be like losing out for your dream job. <laughs> and Jerry will rub it in your face every time he sees you. But in the meantime, go hey, for what you want. You've got a good five minutes out of that. <laughs> it's amazing what you can get out of losing your dreams. My answer is not as wise, but um, you know I've been asked this over the years. And the answer that I, I have now is I would tell my younger self, sex is not as important as you think it is. What? <laughs> I would also tell Bill today, sex is not as important <laughs> as you think it is. Jim, what do you got? Oh, just the and nothing is important as you think it is. I, I was thinking that the whole time, and then you you specified one one specific okay. thing. But it, everything in life, nothing is important as everybody makes it out to be. Just live your yeah. life, do what you want to do. I got it. Yeah. Damn, dude, that, that's actually pretty wise. Look at you. Yeah. Hey, that's a great note to end on. Bill complimenting Jim. So. <laughs> Let's just do a quick uh, around the horn. Uh, who has anything coming up? You're in Louisville right now, Bill. We What's got your two website? more shows tonight in Louisville. Yes, put me in is uh, BillBaronK.com mm -hmm. or BillBoro.com. Very easy to spell. But yeah, it's got Sorry. my schedule on there. We have two more shows in uh, at the Caravan here in Louisville mm -hmm. uh, tonight. And then uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the Kenosha Comedy Club next week. Um, nice. shooting a, the TV show Cruising the following week and then heading off on an Alaskan cruise. That's my excitement. So exciting. You've started to start doing cruises, right? Yeah. I like and you know, it's so funny. Thing. Like if I had the place, I, I haven't traveled a lot until recent years. And my, my bucket list thing was I got to go to Hawaii. I got to see Hawaii. And so I was able to go to Hawaii. It's cool. And then when I started doing cruises, I'm like, I want to do an Alaskan cruise because that's what everyone says it's the most amazing of all of them. And so I got booked for an Alaskan cruise. I got booked for then at the last minute, I got another one back to back almost. And now I'm going back again. And then almost all of August, I'm in Alaska. I'm like, okay, dudes, it's overkill. I get it. It's mountains, it's ice, it's snow. <laughs> we move on. Can we go to something else? So yeah, I'm just going to You get sick of beauty is what right. it is. So. Excellent. Jim, cool. you got anything, you got anything coming up? Any plays or any uh, announcements? The acting is slow. There is a uh, short film that I did uh, a while ago that's going to come out soon, but nobody's going to see it because it's there's only four <laughs> of us that actually know that it exists. But well, if, you like board, us. <laughs> if you like board that's games, right. check out uh, my TikTok at JMHGN, my name without vowels, dot games. If you enjoy the Columbus crew, check out my Twitter. 
at on this day crew 96 and if you like mediocre bowling catch me on tuesdays in parma <laughs> well done young man All right. um, nice. i am um this weekend at keller's in erie we have one show tonight Fun. and then i'm do i'm supposed to do the live show at the Congress Art center in september and also here in my neck of the woods which is the east side of cleveland in mentor i'm going to be closing out the new show at toth's place so my Toth Place, which I ran for almost 10 years and at the time was the longest running independently produced comedy show in one venue in the state of Ohio. And then the pandemic killed that. So I haven't been able to say that sentence for two years. My good friend Milton Wiley has restarted it. So Milton Wiley's running it. They're doing it once a month. And because I was the old, you know, guy there, he kindly booked me to close the August show. Um, and I'm actually doing a, a small play in August too, Jim. Um, Beckett's Crap's Last Tape. A friend of mine's directing me in that. So if you're any Beckett fans out there. And I'm going to include a link in the audio version of this podcast to my merch shop. You can get this coffee mug, the Comical Heathen coffee mug at the Comical Heathen merch shop. I'll have a link for that too. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Let's just say our thank yous and goodbyes. Jim, thank you for being my guest co-host. Glad to be here. Hopefully and Bill, I didn't mess it up. No, you get an A plus and you'll definitely be recruited again in the future uh, if I can convince you. Bill, thank you for being our special guest. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. And uh, as a parting gift, we'll see if we can find Jim some oatmeal raisin cookies. Yes. Thank You're you, waiting. Dave, for calling in. Thank you, everybody else who contributed questions or comments. And uh, I want to also thank uh, in the podcast version. I'm not going to play it right now, but we have original theme music. It's Mark Bell playing the Skinner organ, remixed by my friend Jeff Geddert. And so if you listen to the podcast version, you will hear that music very soon. And as I end every broadcast, let me just end on this thought. It may be your dogma, but it's my karma. And I'm all about spreading the love. Thank you, everybody. Bye.